This is the Amon Green Show, brought to you by Badger City Auto on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good morning, Madison and Wisconsin. Ebo, Nelly. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Hey, I'm here too. Yeah, we got I'm Joe, back. Joe's back oh, finally, Amon. I'm back, baby. Them. Back in the New York groove. They found them. You didn't get lost in Manhattan, huh? Like uh, like, uh, like Macaulay Culkin? No, man, I I escaped. I know I did my best. That'd be snake. me, man. That was I did my best best snake Pliskin, man. I escaped from L.A. I there rode that go. surfboard out of there, yeah, baby. Miller was at the Rose Bowl. Oh man, yeah, that was for Badger Nation. Yeah, that's a tough tough game, tough loss. They played well. They you know they fought hard and Hubbard and uh, the quarterback for Oregon and that team just. Had a little bit more in the tank for uh, for for the Badgers in the Rose Bowl there in Los Angeles. It was a tough game to watch. Hey, Amon, first of all, Happy New Year, man. What'd you do for uh, What'd you do for New Year's Eve? Thank you, Evo. Happy New Year. Um, New Year's Eve, we went over a friend's house, um, had dinner, and uh, brought the New Year in. Just hanging out with friends, playing board games. We played this board game called uh, Smart Ass, and it was a lot of trivial questions. And I have a geography degree, and so it was a lot of geography questions so I, I won the first round and then, then nobody else wanted to play against me <laughs> Ma, Amon, i didn't know you're yeah. a geography kind of guy this amon green full of surprises <laughs> yeah so i'm like wait let's do that again everybody's like no we're done when did you get interested in geography it was just something i fell into as a kid in no high kidding. school I, yeah by my freshman year first year halfway through the semester i had a first you know geography teacher mr eckerberg and when sitting in class it just it just came to me easy Talking about places, things, new, knowing where things are at, the states, the capitals, huh. the uh, the uh, other countries outside of the U.S. You know that stuff just memorization, and uh, I think it's because having a photo, photographic memory, I think it is a real thing, and it just was it came easy. So well, I, you I surprise me every week, dude. Hey, I'm a jack of all trades, man. I had to do that. <laughs> well, know, I learned it. Wasn't just the football field, man. Wasn't just the football field. Hey, so we had a debate, Amon. I know, I know you're going to give the, you know, the the PC media answer, but then I want the real answer. When Aaron Jones didn't get that 20th touchdown on Sunday, come on, man, don't tell me my man was like, yeah, man, still got the record. Because I know I was watching the game. I, I was, said, yeah. that's my dude, Amon Green. I said, I was sitting with my son and a couple of his buddies. Right. And we were out, we were having lunch uh, with my right. oldest daughter. And I'm like, no Jamal Williams. I said, Amon Green's my dog. I said, I love me some Aaron Jones, but he ain't my man, Amon. I said, we still got the record, baby. Yep, I did. What I did say to myself, humbly, I said, oh, it resets. You got to wait till next year. <laughs> you know? Amon, I'm watching it. I'm watching it. I'm like, no Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones is going to get so much work. And I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't want Aaron Jones to score. I wanted everyone else but Aaron Jones to score. <laughs> I think everybody, you, Joe, Nelly, possibly, and family <laughs> and friends were. I was getting texts all day, you know, third, fourth quarter. They was like, "Oh my God, he's you know." Family and friends were texting me, and I'm sitting there just like, just watching the game. And, you know, it's going to happen, and if it happens, it happens. But now, I say it's a little warm feeling, though, knowing that I gotta wait till uh, Aaron. I say Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones gotta wait till next season. Everything reset. So, and, and it just shows how hard it is to do that. You know, it wasn't an easy accomplishment myself when I did it that year. It was just fortunate enough being on a, the team I was on that season to run, you know, make the run of yardage along with Najee and Tony. That helped out because I could get rest and the ball could keep rolling the offensive line stay tight. So it's not an easy task to do that. You hey. know, get 20 touchdowns um, either way. And Ladanian Thomas, you know, a couple of years later, he broke 
the touchdown record with, uh, I think, 28 or 29. So yeah. it, just, it just shows the effort and the talent level that you got to have. And, and then I say the dedication and, and just running hard, being just being nasty and being a running back because that's, that's the mindset you got to have. You got to run hard, run three people. Amon, do you remember like many of those touchdowns where they all kind of blend together? Is there anyone that like stands out to your mind, like your favorite touchdown that you had in your career? Man, no, they're kind of just, I'll say when I see them on film or video now and I can remember everything, but like just thinking back, I say none of them really you know, stand out. So I say the biggest one from that season was the uh, 92, I think, the 98-yard one at the end of the year. That was against Denver. They set all their starters, which was a bad thing because they ended up losing the first round of playoffs. <laughs> but for us, you know, we had to win that game to get in the playoffs along with Minnesota losing to the Phoenix Cardinals, which they did. But then kind of icing on the cake was me, you know, and my linemen doing their job, blocking guys down and me just running down the field, getting to the end zone. And the cool thing about that, I wasn't even tired. It was like, okay, <laughs> let's do this. I'm ready to come back out, but it's like defense up first before I uh, come on the field. But it was like a just the team itself came together that year, and we had we had the best until to this day the best rushing season for the Green Bay Packers uh, in franchise history. Uh, visit mm-hmm. with our guy Packers all-time leading rusher Amon Green. If you have a question, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Zone Madison. Obviously, we're, we're going to look at him on to uh, the playoffs, but. Let's get your final take, uh, not only on, on last week, but the, the regular season in, in general. I mean, it was ugly uh, again uh, in Detroit, yeah. but you give them credit. You know, a lot of people say good teams find, you know, bad teams find ways to lose games. Good teams find ways uh, to win games. Uh, that would certainly go under the latter category, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, again, slow starting, don't really know how to get on rhythm offensively. I say defense is there. Defense, when they come out on the field, they're, you know, hitting on all cylinders, Zadarius, Preston, the defensive backfield, the linebackers, Blake Martinez, again, tackling machine, led the team with tackles, and, and uh, got, a, got a sack and an interception. So uh, almost, uh, or I'll say, what is it, the hat trick from, uh, from hockey there. So he's, you know, defense is there. So the offense, Aaron even has mentioned it in his interviews, post-game interviews, saying, you know, I'm, I'm a little off. You know, maybe it's the concepts that, it, that they put in, which is that means the formation and the routes that are run out of that formation. So those are the concepts that he's referring to. But still, it's like, it's week 17. I think, I believe that you want to be close, closer to being on rhythm than off rhythm. And maybe he does. Maybe in the next 10 days between this bye week, they could look over who their opponents would maybe and watching this weekend's game, but then feel the need of what plays worked. What was, this, what was the drive that we had that were successful? And what was the games that started us at? You know, looking back at that now, to do that in five So this is a well-earned uh, first-round buy. Um, you know, they try to go for a home field advantage, but San Francisco did their job to say, nope, we're keeping it. <laughs> um, we, we, we want the home field. We want everybody to come out to San Fran, which is no problem. But still, you got to play. That's going to be a tough place to play for uh, potentially the Packers or whoever team in the NFC going out there. <clears throat> hey, Amon, now that now that the, the season, the regular season is, is final, uh, give me your final takeaway on 13-3. and three. I mean, my goodness, I remember we had you on when Mike McCarthy got fired. We were together, of course, out at Coaches right. Club in, in Cross Plains for, uh, mm-hmm. for the draft, and we had you in here for uh, the first day of training camp and all the questions. I mean, I, I think most Packer fans, a 500 record and just flirting with the playoffs would have been a complete success in year one. Uh, how, how, how do you – quantify what they did in, in the first year of uh, the Matt LaFleur era? I mean, outstanding. I believe I even had them anywhere from a 9-7 and seven to a 10-6 and six in the middle of the uh, North Division. 
you know, on Chicago and probably, and I think I had Minnesota up top because of what the, the season ended. And I just knowing the usual history of new coaching staff coming in, but you got to remember it wasn't the whole coaching staff that got let go. It was just McCarthy and a few other coaches. So that kind of helped. I think that I know, I believe that was a definitely good idea by Matt LaFleur to keep a lot, a majority of that staff there because then the players don't, do not have to adjust a lot, a whole lot to the coaches and their scheme and the philosophy and just the, the person, you know, because you can have a position coach that you really like. And if he's still there, then that makes it easier. You know, it's like, oh, man, I don't have to adjust. He's really just a new guy that's running the ship. But in terms of my guy, I got to deal with day to day. It's the same guy. But when you get a different guy, you don't know. He might come in and have a uh, dragon breath and you don't like him because of that reason, <laughs> you know, because no, that's usually that like if, if Nelson doesn't brush his teeth in the morning, man, that's, that's the dragon breath, man. Woo. Right, right. Or he has a big ego. I think he, he's a coach that knows everything and you got to do it his way, you know, or the, or it's the highway, those type of coaches that scare, that, uh, I say, yeah, scare players because they're like, man, I don't want to play for it, for this guy. And he's just the assistant. So that assistant can mess it up. So, Having that, keeping the, the guys that were there previous year, Matt LaFleur, I'll say good. I mean, I said that right away. That was a good job of him knowing, let me keep a lot of familiar faces around so that makes this transition to me being the play caller offensively and the defensive play caller is the same. Let's keep that the same because then the players can play a lot more comfortable and they another year in the scheme of Mike Pennon um, coming in. And that's why this defense, um, but that's, believe, that's my main point of why this defense is doing well, very well because they've been in Mike Pennon's offense or defense for three years, and they're real comfortable. I mean, with the additions of Preston and Zadarius Smith, that's where they just uh, blew it off the top. And then along with, you know, guys like Aaron Jones, had along being backed up by Jamal Williams, it's just continued. I said that's what helped in this game against the Lions. That helped them stay in that game, that running game, being there, even though Aaron got beat, Aaron Jones got, you know, he was uh, a lot of carries, like you said, Ebo, worried about him getting them touches, but, he was able to work through it. He got, I think he got his hand stepped on on one play, but that's as a running back, it's like we're going to get beat up. you got to know you're going to take a hit from the first snap to the last snap. If you're on that field, people are going to hit you, and he played hard. 25 carries, 100 yards is what you're looking for. That's what I'm looking for when I watch any football game, not just the Packers. When I watch any football game from high school to college to pro, the main dog has to have 15 to 25 carries or 20-plus carries because that defense then – is a very aware come fourth quarter they're not stop running the ball and I believe Matt Lafleur and that offense uh, play calling has been to that point and through the playoffs that's what's going to get them through. Hey man, we got a question for you off of Twitch. Uh, the King says, "Aman, I need your thoughts. Uh, Leroy Butler becoming a finalist of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, your thoughts on that? And do you think he'll be heading to Canton? Um, I love it. I mean, I'm hoping that he makes it all the way through the final vote because that means I'm taking a trip to Canton to see my boy get inducted. Another friend. <laughs> A friend and teammate, you know, first one was uh, Brett. Now it's uh, going to be Leroy. Before that, actually, and, um, Walter Jones, too. Um, I believe that was the same year as Brett, I think, or the year before. So I've seen three of my teammates go to Canton, get inducted, and it's just a great experience. The fans are, you know, out of their minds. I know I'm a little out of my mind because you go and there's so many jerseys, old school jerseys that are for sale. And it's like, oh, man, they got Walter Payton, they got Mel Blunt, Ronnie Lott. You know, you got the, the former guys that, again, got it they got inducted, you know, so the fanboy kind of comes out because uh, Canton really dresses up the city for that event. It's a week-long event. I think it's even longer that for the people that are getting inducted. It's a great ceremony. When are we getting them on in there? <laughs> we got we to ask the AP. 
<laughs> we got to start. We got to start the the Joe and Evo campaign. Nation on that. We got to start a campaign. Well, hey, we do. That's we're gonna we do a to Hall do. of Fame here in the studio, yeah. Amon, and you're gonna be one of the first ones inducted. Oh yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> you and a couple that. other names. We're gonna unveil it during the summertime. Okay. All right. Well, I'll say going into that, Aaron Jones. He's not quite on the Hall of Fame level. He's getting close. If he has a couple more seasons, he will have that Hall of Fame level of gameplay. But he's getting to that playoff level of football play for the team with uh, running the ball the way he is, picking up the blitz a few times. I watched in the game in the previous game. So he is doing his job well around of being a full-time running back right now. So that is the biggest thing that I'm liking to see. You know, and Aaron, I think his most attempts and most incompletions in this game, 27 for 55, 323, or three, yeah, 323 and two touchdowns and an INT there. And then Devontae Adams led all receivers with 93 yards and a touchdown. Again, tackle machine Blake. Uh, um, Martinez, one sack interception and seven total tackles. And again, I'm going to always bring up special teams. J.K. Scott averaging 44.2. Tell you, man, that's going to be huge come playoff. And then Tyler Irvin, kickoff returns, averaging over 22.3 um, and uh, 8.5 for punt. Those somewhere in the playoffs, I'm hoping for Tyler Irvin, J.K. Scott, that their gameplay is going to help determine the victory because I know in some of these games this past season, it has been the case. You know, and so, but I got to um, um, give my hat off, um, tip my hat off to uh, David Blau, third string or fourth string quarterback for Detroit Lions, trying to get this game, you know, one for the Lions. As we saw, they started off well, 14-0 in the first part uh, of the game, but then Green Bay slowly came back and then got in their rhythm, but he was 12 for 29, 122 in, a, in an interception and actually sacked one time. And Danny, uh, Danny Amadola, the old Patriot, he was one for one with a nice 19 touchdown yard pass to David. And then he got later in the game, got a little rough and was doing extracurricular activities after the whistle, pushing a guy in the back that actually gave a good uh, a penalty to uh, the, the Packers. So that was a some benefit. And then he he benefited his team and he hurt his team all at the same time in the game. Uh, it is the, the Amon Green Show. More with the Packers all-time leading rusher. We'll get into the matchups this weekend and who Amon thinks is the Packers' best matchup next week. This is the Amon Green Show. Brought to you by Badger City Auto on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All righty. We're wrapping up this Detroit Lion game here and then heading into the bye week talk right now. So we had Mason Crosby to wrap up the game and I think that you know, another hat, a hat tip to him finishing off this season. I'd say off the field, been emotional for his family and everything, and him to power through and uh, get another game-winning field goal against the Detroit Lions. But then also finish with some, uh, I'd say, some of his uh, highest field goal percentage uh, in his career as a Packer. And I say the only big worry is uh, this, who who will be eligible, you know, play because we had a few injuries. You know, inactive was Jamal Williams for this game, so I'm pretty sure he'll be back with the shoulder. Danny Vitale who had a knee. He was inactive as well. So, Corey Lindsey went out with the back. So, hopefully he is back. He is a starter center. Um, no pun on words there. And then Brian Balaga and B.J. Goodson. Balaga getting concussed. And Goodson um, going out, getting hurt in his neck during the Detroit game. So, this uh, bye week is definitely well uh, earned and well needed. And I think that's one of the – I believe that's one of the biggest, I'll say, stats is letting these guys sell up. And I'll talk about that later in terms of, uh, winning the week since it's not really no my pick of the week, but there's things that they need to do during this bye week. But having that, you know, be on some of the emphasis for this upcoming week to watch the games that are going to be played, you know, that is a big, I think, a big focus for the Packers here. 
Uh, visiting with our uh, our guy Amon Green, Packers all-time leading rusher. All right, so then we get to this uh, Amon, and that's the matchups this weekend, and obviously who the Packers uh, play next week. And you know, mm-hmm. there's there's two different scenarios, right? Uh, the yep. Saints win, and the Packers play the Saints at Lambeau uh, in the divisional round, or the Vikings pull the upset. That would send the Vikings to San Francisco. The Packers were that would then get the winner of the Eagles-Seahawks game, maybe the conventional thinking is most people uh, would think that that's an easier matchup than New Orleans. Uh, Take us through the mind of a player if you're getting ready. I know the players will always give the PC answer. We'll play whoever's in front of us. Is Is that accurate, or internally do you think the Packers are like, yeah, I wouldn't mind missing out on Drew Brees, or do you say, man, I would love another shot at Philly, or do you say, we think Seattle maybe could be a better team to beat San Francisco, and so they've already done it. Like, how do you handicap the games this weekend, and and, and does it matter as far as the Packers' opponent next week? I say it does matter um, because a guy like Drew Brees and that Saints offense and defense is probably the one team on that list that could come into Lambeau, especially with the weather that has been in our area. It's been 40 degrees and warmer, so it won't be a deterrent. But if it's 30 degrees or below, then it's going to be something different because obviously, because they're out in, they're indoors, eight games, eight home games out of the year. So that will be the team that I will be worried about. And I want to say the Packers will be, they got to go out there and play. But as a, as a fan, as watching it, as a commentator and, and breaking it down, that'll be the one threatening team. And we already know that Philadelphia will be that other team because they did the job this year. They came in the Lambeau, beat the Packers and on their home field. So we don't, Hopefully, we won't see what we saw in previous years, like in 2007, you know, losing in the uh, hell of a game by um, against the Giants and Ryan Grant having an awesome game, but then that team just coming up short then. Then a few years later, after they won the Super Bowl, a year later, they went 15-1, and and again, loses to the Giants as well. So those some of them teams like, like Philadelphia and even Seattle for some reason, but we know that most likely they'll go out to play 49ers if they win um, in that instance because 49ers, with the number one seed, they have the luxury of playing the lowest seed from this win, this weekend's victory. So if Minnesota wins, they go out to San Francisco. And i.e., if a Seattle wins, they'll most likely go out to San Francisco, which would be a rematch for them. And the third heading, which would be tough to kind of go in there and win. So, But I would be as a team and as a player, it's the next man up. Whoever this team is, we're going to prepare for these three matchups, Minnesota, New Orleans, Seattle, um, possibly Philadelphia, who we already faced this year, and Minnesota twice. So that would just be the mindset. You got to be ready for those teams and just keep it really simple. That's hey, it. Amon, as a um, you know, when you're when you were in your playing days, if you had a buy in the first round of the playoffs, are you sitting at home and watching all the games, or are you even just are you not paying any attention to it? No, I'm definitely I'm a, I'm a gamer. I'm gonna watch the guys. I'm gonna watch the the live footage and just see what I what I could you know work out, what I could find, what linebackers are doing because we're gonna rewatch the the practice cut or the, you know from the game silently with our coaches so if I could get an extra day of watching film that means watching the game when it happens and even obviously going through all the commentation and everything I could still I might see something that I might not see or uh, sitting with my coaches so that would be a good thing to do so that's definitely what I'll be doing uh, you know, Amon, I, I'll just make it real simple. You know, I'm, I'm an admitted Viking hater, and I I voted Saints. <laughs> and maybe some people would say that's good, Joe. You know, you want to be, you know, to be to quote the great Ric Flair, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And maybe you know, you say, yeah, the Packers bring in the Saints. We're not, a, we fear no team. Uh, and then the other part of me is like, dude, I I want the Vikings to be eviscerated at all levels and snuff out any hope 
a Viking Nation feeling they, they can make a playoff run. So while I like the notion of skipping Breeze and the Saints in the playoffs, I'm like, I can't cheer for the Vikings, whether that may be potentially. And sometimes you've got to be careful on that, right? When you try and engineer stuff to go your way and lose games on purpose, sometimes that blows up in your face anyway. So right. I say go Saints, beat the crap out of the Vikings, and we'll uh, we'll have a little something for who dat next week up here in Green Bay. Yeah, and, and that, that that could be the mindset of a few players internally. <laughs> I mean, they want to, you know, be in a situation where they'll have the best chances to win. And if they even if they do have to fist Minnesota again, they beat them, you know, twice already this year, and that won't be a, um, I say, a deterrent. But even if they have to face the Saints, either way, they they got to have the mindset we're going to win no matter who it is, um, because we've earned it to be here, regardless of how we played in the last three weeks. I say that's the only thing in question is to just play at a higher level in the first half of the game because we know how the second half, as we saw against the Lions and Minnesota, how the second half of football will be played. You know, Aaron mentioning that he go off, but then gets it together from either the concepts, the receivers, um, catching the ball a little bit, being more focused on the ball and fighting to get open against a defensive back because it's going to take a step up in the playoffs. That's one thing, you know, without going in the playoffs, just like going from preseason the regular season there's another notch that gets switched on by all teams you know for the teams that are i say young quarterback or young defensive players they learn right away okay it's another speed that happens in the playoffs and for the packers a lot of veterans here that um i say first timers but then for aaron and a few other guys too have been in the playoffs and so they understand the mindset the focus the concentration on all their techniques of making sure they're in the right position you know, running the route, throwing the ball, releasing the ball, holding on to the ball, making tackles has, you know, this is an infinite type thing because if you miss that play, it could be the big factor in winning or losing this playoff game. And then we know you lose a playoff game, that's it. You're off in the Bahamas or you're going back to where you grew up for for the rest of the offseason. And you don't want to do that right now in early January. Hey, Amanda, what's what's it like in, you know, when the regular season concludes and you know you're in the playoffs and you got that bye coming up, what's it like just, you know, for practice, like in the locker room? Is there a different kind of feel about it or is it just business as usual? It's business as usual and it, it is a feel. It's a different feel. It's a, oh, it's like that. It's a gratification feeling because you went through the regular season. You basically went through the first gauntlet. Now you, but you're preparing to go through another gauntlet, but a little bit shorter but we know that it's finite. There's no, okay, we could, we'll lose this week and we could come back and beat them next week. No, this is it. So that's just in the back of the mind knowing. So that is the motivation you got to use. Don't lose it. Use it as a, a demotivator. You know, I use it as a motivator. Like, look, I want to keep, keep playing. You know, like Ezekiel Elliott does with the I want to eat motion that he does after every big run. That's the type of mindset. Look, I, I want to eat to the next week. You know, because that's more to, to put it real in, in full disclosure. I mean, that's bigger paychecks every time you get a victory on top of, you know, getting closer to the Super Bowl. So if there's incentives in the money department, there's incentives to having a nice ring on your finger and a banner up and your name uh, up in the uh, up in the rafters for the years to come. So those are the type of motivation things that we have as players and coaches that look forward to, hey, we got to keep playing. We got to, you know, make sure we do whatever we do, even if we start the game, you know, slow like we have in the last few weeks. But we finished the game strong with a victory, you know, every time, no matter whether it's not college football, where we got to impress the AP vote and the coaches poll, we just got to go out there and win games. 
It is the Amon Green Show. You have a question for the Packers all-time leading rusher. Hit us up on Twitter, at Zone Madison. Uh, we come back, Evo. We'll, uh, we'll talk with uh, Amon more about the postseason. we got to ask him the question we asked at the beginning of the week. Playoff pretender or Broken. playoff contender? And how far can this team go once their playoff journey uh, begins next Sunday up at Lambeau Field. This is the Amon Green Show, brought to you by Badger City Auto on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ah, uh, we're back here talking Packers by week for the playoffs. I just want to say real quick, it was I appreciate the the NFL, the Detroit Lions, and the fans there allowing a, a moment of silence for Marvin Jones, wide receiver, that had lost his six-year-old baby boy. Um, earlier last week, so they did a Mullen signing, so I just had to bring that up, you know, just for them, you know, just knowing that football is a game that we enjoy, but also there's real-life situations going on with these players that uh, sometimes takes our takes their focus away from the game, and and they got to be there and with support of his family. He was on the sidelines with his teammates and, and his family members as well to mourn the loss of their uh, six-year-old, six-month-year-old baby boy there. So just wanted to say that real quick because, you know, it's all humanity there. In this game of football that we talk about, yeah, people, people, yeah, well people forget people forget that you guys are humans. Exactly, exactly. So I just want to reference that you know before we move on in this show today. So we've talked about potential opponents, but uh, also we got the one opponent, which is the time of rest, recovering in a bye week, getting these guys ready mentally, physically, emotionally, and that's I say that's one of my biggest factors to victory in the bye week is making sure these players get recovered. As I mentioned, the injury to, to Corey Lindsley, uh, BJ. So these guys got to get better, especially Corey. He is the main, uh, I'll say, focal point of that offensive line, a leader, physical, often, you know, center that knows how to get the job done, knows all the calls. So he went out early with that back injury in last week's game. So hopefully this week will be that week to recover. And then you could get early, just like I mentioned, myself, if I'm sitting at home this week, well, I, you know, if I was playing right now, I'll be sitting at home watching the, play, the games playing, being played. So I'm pretty sure Matt LaFleur and that coaching staff is breaking down all the film of the last three games of Minnesota, of the Saints, of the Seahawks. You know, and I'll tell you, if any of the three teams and uh, Philadelphia, I will be definitely focusing on the Seahawks because a guy like Russell Wilson, he's that ace in the hole. The way he scrambles around that uh, um, backfield, he can hurt that team, hurt any team, you know, playing against them. And you just don't know when he's going to just pull out that big throw where he, you don't think it's going to get completed and somehow it's completed to Tyra Lockett or DJ Metcalf, one of the big wide receivers they have. So he is that one guy that you, I say you have a little fear in your heart when he starts running around in that back, in that, in that backfield. Uh, visiting with Packers all-time leading rusher, uh, Amon Green. And, you know, we were talking, Amon, a last segment about the matchup and, you know, should we be rooting for the Vikings or rooting for the Saints? And obviously the other big part of this, and you would certainly know, is the weather and how much is the home field advantage for Lambeau in January. And, you know, Ebo and I were – we broke out the Farmer's Almanac the other day, Amon, <laughs> yeah. to Uh-oh. see the way-too-early forecast. And it's, it's not looking, you know, like – Minus 40, and it's also not looking like 40 like it's been the last few days. So, you know, it's probably going to be just a regular Wisconsin winter day. Uh, I mean, with the way Aaron Jones has played this year, become maybe the focal point of this offense. Is this actually a day 
where we want it to be terrible next Sunday, slow down Drew Brees, show down Michael Thomas, go with what's been working, which is Aaron Jones, just smash mouth football. I mean, in your opinion, would the Packers benefit from a terrible weather day next Sunday? Definitely. They definitely won't benefit because that even if that bad weather day brings a 1% to 2% change, that can affect Drew Brees in that offense. And that's all you need because we're feeling like I mentioned from week to week, we're dealing with the one percenters in, in, in football. And so we're dealing with the best athletes from speed to size to throw accuracy and all that, all that, uh, all the stats stuff that that one percent, two percent difference of the weather change, weather change, the field conditions can sometimes some players being from warmer states or being in a warmer state down in Louisiana where year round the average temperature is most likely 70 degrees or above. They come into a mindset of, okay, it's a little chillier, worrying about the ball or moisture on the gloves, that might come up. And the players for the Packers can, I say, you know, hype it up too. When they get on the field, do a little chatter in the ear to let guys know, hey, you're going in for a cold game, y'all going to go back to New Orleans or Seattle a little bit early. You know, So that's, that's kind of the game and shit that goes on and what you mentally got to prepare for. You know, be dealing with coming from, a, a, I say, a fair weather state or warm weather state to a all-weather state where we know that here in Wisconsin we get everything you know, from snow blizzards to 80 degrees sometimes in January, but it, it, you just got to be ready for whatever. And I think I know Packer, Packer players are definitely ready for that situation. And hey, I have to ask you, man, so Aaron Rodgers uh, had some comments yesterday. He said the timing of the offense has been off a lot of the year, and he says he's not sure it'll get fixed by the end of the year, and they got to find concepts where the timing has been good. Yeah. Um, and they got to self scout. What have you ever been in a situation where you just feel like your offense is dis, disjointed? And if you were, how do you go about fixing it? Um, you just got to take it one play at a time. And yes, I've been in an offense like this, you know, where it, sometimes it's just you, you're trying to get the wheel turning and it just seems like it's not turning. And you just got to basically get in the mindset, you know what, let's work toward our next play. Don't force it. The biggest thing is don't force things to happen. And in Detroit, in Minnesota, I believe that's the way Aaron handled it, where his throws were off, the receivers routes running, sometimes we're off in the situation, or it's both at the same time. But as a pro and as you know what, I got to keep everybody on the same page because if you go at one of your players, you know, as a teammate, then that doesn't help the situation. That makes it worse. So you want to stay level-minded and just keep going with the next playing call that uh, LaFleur and that coaching staff gives you in that huddle. That's how you control um, how the offense gets going because that's the biggest, I say, weakness that we've seen so far in the last three weeks is the offense getting going. You know, once they get going, it's third, fourth quarter, that's great. But then you never know when you got that hiccup where you have that big turning point play, it might be a turnover, it might be a flag that goes against you. And you don't want to be keeping it, having it in a close score and be in that situation that you got to now dig your way out of. You know, the good thing is this first game for them in the playoff will be at home. They don't have the home field advantage there. But that second game, you want to make sure you jump out fast. And you want to be in that situation. I say definitely going in, you know, potentially into the NFC championship game and hopefully a Super Bowl down in Miami. Because when you start fast on the team, then the worry, regardless of the first or second quarter, that worry sets on that team. And that puts a lot of pressure on that opposing team to try to come back when you get points on the board early and defense is playing strong like the, like the Packers defense have been playing the last several weeks. Yeah, and uh, Rogers also has a good week to self scout. Now, self scouting, Amon, how is it sitting watching film of yourself and trying to find how what you're good and not good at? Is that hard to break down if to find your weaknesses? Um, 
for the years that are playing on that field right now in terms of Aaron, I say when I did it to myself, no, because you've seen and you've seen yourself play, and so you know certain plays already before you watch film that you know you could have did better in that you failed or you definitely won. So then correcting your own mistakes because of your relationship with your coaches, you guys, you can honestly sit there and watch film. You know what? I could have did this differently on that play. I could have picked up the blitz or I just missed it or in this, or just put a bluntly say, you know what? They got me on that play. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. That might be coming at me. I read the defense one way and they, they, they shot me. They came from the other side. So it's just watching that and just making yourself aware and say coaching high school football for the last eight years. The biggest thing about going to the playoffs is sometimes just going back to fundamentals. I remember this year at Freedom, we had, you know, we had a great season. We finished 11 to one. But one thing that I noticed two weeks before the playoffs started, it was our team was not tackling very well. We, we were losing our fundamentals. And you really think about it in the first half of football, you're coming out of training camp. This is, so now we're talking about the NFL level. You're coming out of training camp where you, all you do is work on fundamentals. You work on tackling. You work on holding, holding the ball. And you get away from that because you're running practice. You're going through regular season practice. You're scheming every week. You're never – a lot of NFL coaches do not do the fundamentals. They do warm up. They'll have their individual drills, but they rush through them quick sometimes. And I know sometimes at, at the high school level, I didn't even get to run my fundamental drills. We're teaching kids how to hold on the ball, having five points of pressure things of that nature. So I think getting back to basics, basics for any pro team during a bye week or during any week during the playoff is good because fundamentals get lost of where your footwork are, you know, in, in the position of coming off the ball as a wide receiver, DB going into the tackle or DB reading um, the quarterback's eyes and vice versa, the quarterback reading the defense. Just getting to the basic fundamentals of what got you in the position that you are in going into the playoff has to kind of get, re, I say, re, revisit it so you just get a reminder. And that sometimes might just bring the nervousness, the anxiety down to getting ready to play in a big game coming up as this team will be uh, facing next uh, Sunday afternoon. Hey, uh, Amon, before we uh, wrap up the, the, the show in our final segment and a look ahead to next week, got to get your take. Obviously, with the, with the Rose Bowl just coming to an end here and our guy, JT, Jonathan Taylor, now we all assume that he's going to be gone. Uh, although I maybe have a tiny bit of hope. I don't know if you saw this story. The uh, the guy from uh, Alabama, the offensive tackle, who was a top 10 pick projected, says he's now coming back next season. Uh, I, I think we still assume um, uh, that, that Jonathan Taylor's leaving. When you had that decision, take us through the offseason of, you know, are you are you meeting with, with coaches? Or I know they get, you know, a grade from the NFL. Like, what's the process once you end your season that you're a potential underclassman deciding to leave for the NFL draft? Yeah, so it goes through, I say myself, I didn't get an opportunity. I made more of a quick decision because I believe what I was told in the uh, the NFL panel that gave me the grade out of me getting drafted. So I believe that, and they said I would get drafted late first round, early second round. So I didn't really, with, with my coaches, didn't have an opportunity to sit down with them. Um, and looking back, maybe one conversation with my coaches, I would have had a better mindset to really make a solid decision. Maybe I would have still went going pro after talking to my coaches because of the situation I was in. I had Tom Osborne leaving. You know, he retired He retired after my junior year. He announced it to me. And then the next day, once I had left town to fly down to the college football awards, he announced it to the team. So everybody knew before we played in that bowl game against Tennessee that he was retiring. So I was there for Coach Osborne. You know, that was the reason I was a cornerhouse, one of the big reasons I was a cornerhouse here. Mind you that Frank Solis, my rolling back coach, was going to eventually take over. Not nothing against him, but it just it was I knew it was going to be another transition because I already had one transition 
Dylan from Tommy Frazier to Scott Frost, which was a two-year process, getting used to being with a new quarterback. And then I was going to have a new quarterback as well. Being in an option offense, that's just as important as being in a passing offense in the NFL. You know, me being a running back, dealing with my quarterback, now is going to be either Eric Crouch or Bobby Newcomb, who were great, phenomenal athletes. But then we got that transition that we have to adjust to one another. So I had all those little key factors in my decision-making. So it might have been still, like I mentioned, I still would have went pro even after talking to my coaches, but didn't do that. But so, And that's what, you know, as we know now, that's history. And everything, I think, worked out for myself <laughs> and the Packer Nation and um, things of that nature. But for athletes today, for Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he's, his resume is amazing. He's done a lot of things. But as we've shown, he's been shortchanged in some areas. He should have been in New York. He most likely, in my book, should have won the Heisman. You don't just do what you do and just win two dope walkers. You know, that's great that he won that, but I believe it should have been another Heisman Trophy here in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, for sure, um, because of what he just, the, the speed, the, F, uh, the the relentlessness, and the way he had developed as a running back, catching the ball out the backfield. So pro scouts are just licking their chops. They're waiting for that decision, what he's going to decide to do. And I think he's weighing heavy to go on pro and just the next uh, slew of running backs be ready. I say be ready to come through on Madison to take over his job. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I'm on next year, uh, Wisconsin and Notre Dame at Lambeau Field. Y- you and me, man, we're, we're, we're going to throw back a, a few and uh, watch the Badgers and Irish next year, brother. Oh, yeah, we definitely going to throw back because I'll take you back real quick. When I took my visit to Notre Dame when I was in high school, I wouldn't say it was the worst trip, but it wasn't my best trip there. <laughs> so definitely, I'm going to take it back. I'm going to throw back a couple blue moons with you. To yeah, see the Irish yeah whip, there we go, there we around. go get whipped all around Lambeau Field because that fight in Irish, oh, Done. It's, it's a little bit sickening. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, that, I love it, man. We're going to start building the hate train for that game next week. All right, we'll build up to the Packers divisional round opponent when we come back. This is the Amon Green Show, brought to you by Badger City Auto on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What's up, man? I'm liking the intros, bro. Hell like yeah. You guys are doing yeah. Ebo, Joe. That's DJ Joe and Ebo today. What, what? Yeah, the, e- the intros and outros, man. Y'all got y'all hitting all the good uh, R&B rap guys that I listen to pretty much. Um, little Dre, little Ice Cube, all up in there. Yes. Come on, we're just trying to cater. We're trying to cater to the Packers' all-time leading rusher, man. <laughs> oh, man Still, the single-season touchdown leader as well. Yes, yes. One more <laughs> season, another season. It resets. But, all right. Uh, speaking of. So I got to ask you this question, Amon, uh, real quick, because uh, yeah. we, we had this question earlier in the week, and I've, I've been waiting all uh, all week to ask you, uh, because yeah. this is kind of a Packer Nation divided on this question. Uh, playoff uh, contender, playoff pretender that, you know, hey, it's the postseason, you still got Aaron Rodgers, you got, you know, a first-round bye, home game. This team absolutely can put together a tough couple of games and make a Super Bowl run, or... They'll get exposed. You know, you saw the, the the flaws maybe against the Redskins and the Lions and these bad teams late in the season. And once you get into a playoffs where they're all good teams, they're going to be in trouble. I, I wonder what side of that debate you would come in on. Ooh, I would say right now with that defense, they're a contender. I say, and then having the home field first round advantage um, for, you know, that first round bye with the home field advantage for at least one game. So that gets them to the uh, NFC championship game there with a victory, potential victory, but games still have to be played. So I would say contender for those two reasons right there because defense wins championships. Offense has been able to score points to just enough, you know, even if it's field goal winning kicks at the end by Mason, that's all they need. They need that one point, two point, three points to get the victory. Like I said, this is not college football. 
where you have to blow them out by 50 or, you know, win by, you know, convincingly. No, you just got to win the game. Aaron mentioned that. We just got to win, regardless if the offense starts slow or doesn't start at all. But it definitely does enough to get the points on the board. That's what they got to do, you know, coming in. And so those are factors for myself, say, contender, you know, going into uh, this uh, first-round ride by, but then getting ready for next week's game, potentially against Minnesota um, or against New Orleans, Seattle, or Philadelphia. And uh, I say looking at the games this weekend, we got the NFC is playing on Sunday. You got 12:05 kickoff, uh, Minnesota at New Orleans. You know you got Delvin Cook. Uh, they're they're priming at Delvin Cook versus Alvin Kamara. But don't forget about Drew Brees, the leading uh, passer for the NFL in terms of touchdowns and yardage. You know career wise, he's out there on that field. And you got a guy like Mike, Michael Thomas who leads all receivers in uh, in, in yardage and receptions. So. That's, it's going to be a, it could potentially be a, a high scoring game. We'll just see how healthy Delvin Cook's shoulder is because uh, he's been out for a couple weeks resting, and so he'll be you know coming off that injury, see what he can do. But we already know New Orleans and that offense what they can do, you know, in terms of putting up points on the board. And then defensively, I mean, I said the only team they, that really kind of exposed him was the 49ers in that 54 to some odd 50 you know 50 point game on both sides of the ball, and 49ers coming off the victor at the end, that was the only team that kind of said, okay, we could score points, and they did. So, But still, that New Orleans defense is solid. You got the homeboy and, and Klein there at linebacker leading the crew, and he's made a lot. I watched some highlights, and I watched a lot of games. He's made a lot of big plays. So, that you know, if he comes back home to, to Wisconsin, I know that would be one guy that's going to try to play lights off the ex-Kimberly line you know, player there that's be able to come home, you know, in terms of Klein there. And then the other game that kicks off at 340 Seattle at Philadelphia, I say that one – it's a toss-up because Philadelphia, they've woken up. They Super Bowl champions just a few years ago. So they're a team that was just there in Seattle. They've been kind of off, especially with the run game being reset. I love that they brought Marshawn back. You know, I wish I, hope, I wish they would have dialed me instead of him, but you know, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, man, all you said you needed right was one phone call. Ah, no. That would have been great. Marshawn got what? But, 60k in the uh, like t-shirt sales. All Amon needed was a phone call. Hey, that that would have been great. But either way, he's there. He uh for what the little gameplay that he, they gave to him, he looked good. He did what he needed to do to get his flow back in the game. So it's gonna be interesting because we know Philadelphia Jordan Howard is out. Uh, we don't know if he'll be back in the game. But we have the young Sanders, young running back Sanders, is playing a lights out for them the last couple of games. He was a big factor in their win last week to get them to win the title. You know, with a eight and eight record there at the NFC East. So again, another you know football games that are going to be exciting and fun to watch, and teams that they have the that enough grit, enough fight to battle through in terms of Philly and Seattle. But New Orleans, I believe, is going to just take advantage of being home in uh, the New Orleans uh, Mercedes-Benz Superdome and uh, stop a mud hole in the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, stop a that's mud hole. Like a walk and dry. Busy with Packers all-time leading rusher, Amon Green. Uh, before we run out of time, Amon, real quick on the AFC, I'll be interested in your take on this. You know, I fell into this trap last year. I buried the Patriots a season ago. I picked the Chargers to win, you know, last year and said, look, they're red hot. Brady looks old. This is the end. And the Patriots go on and win the Super Bowl. I'm now seeing right. a large movement that the Sheik pick this weekend is the Tennessee Titans that New England couldn't even beat the Dolphins at home. And you have maybe the hottest quarterback in the league right now, and Ryan Tannehill, hottest running back, and Derrick Henry coming in. Correct. That, you know, the Patriots, knowing they had to beat a crappy Dolphin team to get a first-round bye, couldn't do that. How in the world are they going to rise up and beat the Titans? Are you, are you buying 
uh, the idea that this maybe are we finally Amon Green seeing the end of the Patriots, or you're not going to believe it until you see it? I'm not going to believe it until I see it. I mean, until that moment where they're down, you know, 10 or 15 or more in the fourth quarter, and there's no hope for Brady to pass his way out of it, like I've seen him done it before. Until that moment happens, and it might be this game, but until that moment happens, that's when I believe the funk. But right now I'm going, it's going to be Brady. It might, you know, for him, the blowout games, that might be gone. But but he has a mindset, and that team has the mental mindset of, of being grinders, and if they got to win by two or one, they can do it. And if defense has to do it or offense has to do it or they got to go to the run game and not the pass game, they, we've seen them win in all facets of playing football, using the run, using the pass, special teams, you know, last-minute you know, sacks or last-minute interceptions or last-minute goal line stands or goal line push-ins like we saw with James White a few years ago in Houston when they, beat, when they came back to beat Atlanta at that Super Bowl. So, you know, so that – They've been in those situations, so the experience there will say, you know what, We've been, we're aware of our situation. We know our guy, Tom Brady, is not firing all cylinders, but he knows from mentally where he needs to go in every situation with the ball and with himself to put that in the right position. The good thing about Tennessee, they have a run game. They have a pass game that's, that's very awoke right now. And it's just if they could get out on top fast against them, against New England in Gillette Stadium, then now be their big – I said that'll help them get to the victory because if they don't, they keep New England close. New England always knows how to win tight games. And then going down to Houston, not, you know, a little bit a long way further from New England, Buffalo being in the NFC East and coming out second there or third there is going to be big for them. But it's going to be interesting because we've seen Houston up and down in the last month of the year, kind of like the Packers. They kind of been hit and miss of playing, you know, decent football when they're on point. The point is, I would say a big focal point to be, you know, dealing with, the Houston quarterback. He's a talented kid that can run around, make plays, can throw on the run, you know, great. So that will be their focal point on defense. Slow him down, then you slow that Houston uh that Houston offense down offense down. And JJ Watt might be a little I said a little more motivating thing to be back for him, but and that team, but we, we still those those guys gotta still play games. Do you, do you think of on a final thought of the week, uh, it, you know, Lamar Jackson and, and, and Baltimore, best record in the NFL regular season, best Super Bowl odds, best odds to win the MVP. Uh, you don't have to go and make your final Super Bowl pick today, but uh, do, you, do you think going into the start of the playoffs to start the, the weekend here, it, are the, the Ravens the favorite to win the Super Bowl when it's all said and done? Um, I, I mean, I say what's on paper, probably right now, yeah, they definitely are the Super Bowl favorites because of what they have and what the – the picture they painted this year, they beat New England. They beat teams that have, are contenders. They beat 49ers. So right now, yes. I say, but we have to play the games. Like my man, Herm Edwards, has coined the phrase years ago, got to play all these games. And, and it's, it's great for us because we could be fans and watch and see how everything goes. But for what they're producing, what they've done in terms of the Baltimore, what they've done out in Baltimore, I hope they do because they'll set all top of records they'll put a new standing in terms of what a team looks like, in terms of what a quarterback looks like back in that backfield, doing what he does. Because we know how mobile quarterbacks always kind of have that asterisk next to them because of, you know, injury and not able to, you know, be big in big situations. So now we got a kid in Lamar Jackson. Not only is he an outstanding running back, but he is an outstanding quarterback, has a high completion rate, and has smart, uh, quick wit decisions in throwing the ball and making decisions with his body out on that football field. He knows how to fly. He knows how to get out of bounds. So he's somebody that we could see playing for a long time, you know, in a Ravens uniform. 
and that, like I said, they'll they'll set a whole new president if they make it all the way through Super Bowl and and win. You play to win the game. You play to win the yes. game. There you go, Amon. You play yeah. to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my it. man. Uh, hey, and uh, enjoy the uh, the weekend, and have a uh, have an amazing uh, start to the playoffs, my friend. Thank you very much, and I will see you guys next week. I'll be back in Madden. Yeah, AG oh. thirty. I think the quote uh, from the song I'm on was, "It's going down for real." Uh oh. That's that party song right there. <laughs> and we'll start you know the. Uh, song, oh, dude, that that I'll have that queued up for you when you walk in the front door next week. Sounds good. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Amon. All right, you're welcome. See you, homie. There he is, Packers all-time leading rusher, and I'm going to add this every time we introduce him. Still, the single season touchdown leader. Preach Amon it. Preach Green, it. Packers, our man.